Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Uh, time to talk F1 now, though, uh, with uh, Michael Laminato out of Melbourne. G'day, Michael. How are you doing? Doing wonderfully well. The sun is out. The cars are not far from being on track. It's going to be a great afternoon. Yeah, mate. Thanks for giving us some time so close to the race. Uh, of course, we've uh, seen uh, Ferrari go well, which is, you know, mate, as a, as a bloke with a name like Laminato, I imagine you're quite, quite happy about that. <laughs> uh, and, and, and Leclerc is, is number one on the grid. Verstappen is second, um, as Red Bull teammate Perez third, and then uh, Lando Norris and the McLaren at four. Uh, what have you made of, uh, of, of qualifying yesterday and the practices? Well, so far, as you said, Charles Leclerc on pole position, Max Verstappen relatively close behind him, and it looks like it's going to be a close fight. It's what we've come to expect over the first two races of this season so far, very close at the front between Ferrari and Red Bull Racing. And I fully expect that to be quite a a tense duel around this new Albert Park. What's really interesting, though, you touched on there, was Lando Norris in fourth for McLaren. Now, McLaren's had a shocking start to the year, really dreadful, slowest of all the teams uh, in the first race in Bahrain. Improved, scored some points, but had reliability problems in Saudi Arabia. They say it's 80% down to the track, the fact that Norris is... He's all the way up there, and Daniel Ricciardo's down in, in seventh, or I should say up in seventh, really relative to where they've been performing so far. But that tells me, all of a sudden, you know, the sellout crowd that's turned up just to see Formula One might actually be turning up to see a pretty decent Daniel Ricciardo result. Yeah, which would be fantastic. He's, uh, as you mentioned, uh, seventh. Of course, there has been a lot of reports around that there is a uh, an unusual uh, low droning whining noise coming out of the Mercedes garage, but that's nothing to do with the car. That's just um, uh, Lewis Hamilton having a moan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think absolutely right. He is, uh, he's struggling. The team's struggling, in fact, not just Lewis Allen, the whole team's struggling. This brand new set of rules that have developed these quite dramatically different cars to what we've seen in the last few years just have not been nailed by Mercedes. Pretty contrary to expectations, of course, considering they've dominated the sport for the last seven or eight years. Uh, they, they are, well, in fact, they're not improving, it's got to say. This is their worst qualifying result of the year to date, not in terms of position, but in terms of their pace relative to pole. Uh, And what I think is going to be interesting to keep out an eye on for them this weekend is that because they've qualified out of position fundamentally, which sounds weird to say for fifth and sixth on the grid, they've got a bunch of faster cars behind them. Uh, Carlos Sainz from Ferrari, Daniel Ricciardo from McLaren. The Alpine drivers, Fernando Alonso, was looking good for a front row start or a second row start before he crashed in qualifying. Their job today is to try and hold on to fifth and sixth, not to move forward. That's really unusual considering Lewis Hamilton has got all the pole positions here since 2014, way out for the count, and it's going to be another struggling afternoon for them. Yeah, well, actually, on that then, let's talk about uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. as well in ninth. I mean, we're talking about Leclerc um, starting in the Ferrari uh, first on the grid with the fastest qualifying time. What's so different about Sainz Jr.? Why is he all the way down in ninth to Ferrari getting things so right? He was extremely frustrated after qualifying because he felt that he had the pace to contend for pole. And the first two races so far, he's been pretty close to Leclerc, even if he's been 
one or two tenths off on most occasions. It was really just a, a real difficulty getting out of the garage for the final runs in qualifying. We found the tyres around this track needed two hot laps to be at their optimum here. He had a problem with the starter motor uh, that they inserted to the back of the car, which meant he, he lost three minutes of track time, essentially, which meant he could only do one lap on the tyres. Tyres were very cold, that he nearly crashed twice on the lap, and as a result, he ended up down the order. And it's annoying for him because, of course, having the pace potentially to take pole means he has the pace potentially to win the race. Not out of account, of course, because he's still in the top 10 and anything can happen in uh, this race around what is a new circuit. But a lot of work for him to do if he wants to insert himself into the victory conversation today. Yeah, a lot of work to do. Uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, a lot of fans over this side of the, uh, this part of the world, mate, for McLaren because, of course, uh, they're a Kiwi team, as we get told over here, mm. uh, named <laughs> after Bruce McLaren. Um, I know that you've talked about the, the the struggles that they have had this season, and and maybe it is a track thing. But we, how do you think McLaren are tracking? I mean. We don't expect Lando Norris or Daniel Ricciardo to maybe win the championship this year, but are they trending in the right direction that they could be championship contenders in the next two or three seasons? Had you asked me at the end of last year, I would have said absolutely. In fact, I would have said they were a decent chance to be thereabouts this year. We thought even after pre-season testing, the first part of pre-season testing anyway, that they'd be in the top four, the four teams contending for the champion. We know Mercedes didn't end up being one of them and now McLaren isn't. They've essentially made a pretty big miscalculation with what they expected to be the ultimate performance of this car. The car is actually pretty good to drive, which is good news for Daniel Ricciardo, for example. He struggled with the way the car was driving last year. It just lacks downforce, and downforce is pretty fundamental to performance in Formula 1. Uh, Andreas Seidel yesterday was saying, yes, it's a lot down to the track, but he believes they've really understood how to add performance to the car, having looked at the way they performed over the last two races. So... Championships in the future, yes. We've seen over the last few years their trajectory has been strong. They're a team that's building up. They're building up their infrastructure too with a new wind tunnel, for example, online in the next year or two. But it has set them back a year or two in that mission to be pretty much, pretty much imminently competing for titles. So, look, depending on how they end up at the end of this year, because it's not going to be this year, we could say as soon as next year, but at the latest, you'd want no later than 2024 before you start to wonder whether it's going to get there. Yeah, I mean, and how has Daniel Ricciardo been? I mean, he is the the star driver, I guess, for, for McLaren, isn't he? I know Lando Norris is a is a rising name, but I mean, has has he sort of shown any frustration, or is he uh, being a team player on this and just uh, getting his nose to the grindstone and trying to work stuff out with the team? Yeah, so far he he's been pretty optimistic. He's been, he's kept himself pretty upbeat because realistically, there's no alternative for him. You know, McLaren is his last roll of the dice to get a championship winning car. He's in his 30s now. He's by no means old, and in many respects, this is the peak of his career. But there are so many young guys coming up that he really needs this McLaren project to work out. And the fact they've got a very solid team around them, I don't think it's too much of a question around sort of the personnel there. He's really put his shoulder to the wheel, and, and he's making sure they can sort it out. Because the season isn't lost in the sense that, you know, things go really well, and this has been a great optimistic week again for them. They could be competing for wins by the end of the year. And then, of course, you're thinking much more optimistically about next season, which is his final year on contract so that's been really good and I, I thought it's been really interesting as much as Lando Norris was the leading driver last year because Daniel had such a difficult season Lando's come across as a little bit more pessimistic than Daniel with the, the performance of the car and while we don't know the way they of course behave with the team behind the scenes I don't think there's any there's any uh, risk that he's sort of being too weighty let's say on matters there I think there is a good light and shade between them. So I think Daniel Ricciardo's positivity and optimism is probably helping balance all of that out. So he's definitely contributing in that respect. 
What about some of the other names then that we do have there, more well-known names? Uh, Sebastian Vettel, of course, running around in the Aston Martin. Uh, Fernando Alonso as well, who, who, of course, came back from IndyCar in the Alpine. I mean, how much longer do you expect those guys to be in the sport? Uh, Fernando Alonso, funny enough, was uh, asked this question earlier in the week, and he's saying two to three more years. He's already into his 40s. Uh, but he, I mean, there's no doubt he's performing. You know, he is one of the greatest of all time. Only has two titles, but there's no doubting his prowess in the car. And he's hoping that with Alpine, actually, it's going to be a championship-winning machine in the next year or two. And they've taken a big step forward this weekend, and maybe that project will work out. But he's absolutely put his cards down on the table for that one. Sebastian Vettel is a bit more difficult of a question because... He's sort of seeing out the end of his career after being dropped by Ferrari. He was dropped fairly unceremoniously. And I don't want to say he's necessarily a bit bitter about that, but he certainly wants to end his career on his terms. Picked up by Aston Martin when they seemed to be in the ascendancy. In fact, two years ago, it looked like they were going to become a top three team pretty comfortably. Step back last year, but last year was a bit of a weird year with the rules. Didn't really count. This year is the year that counted. It's his last year on contract as well. And they're, possibly the slowest team on the grid. Them and Williams are competing at the very back. He missed the two rounds, the first two rounds with COVID, lost a lot of track time this weekend with a couple of, with a couple of crashes and a power engine problem, a power unit problem. Uh, it's been a pretty dreadful start to the season for him. I can't see Aston Martin improving a lot this year, uh, which means I strongly suspect this will be the last year of Sebastian Vettel's Formula One career. Well, another bloke who I think you could safely say is absolutely stealing a living, and if his old man wasn't involved, would <laughs> be nowhere near it, is Lance Stroll. Uh, I mean, you talk about blokes in the last year of their careers. I mean, I guess it's just about how, how much longer Dad uh, wants to keep the pipe dream alive, right? Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. I do I do occasionally wonder how that ends, really, because, I mean, Lawrence Stroll, who, who's his father, has bought the team, he owns the team, and he owns the Aston Martin car brand as well. So he's sort of all in on this project. But, yeah, his son is... Look, to be fair to Lawrence Stroll, he's got speed. He does have innate speed. He's a junior champion. He's got pole positions in Formula One. But he's certainly, I think, fair to say, not right up there in, in race conditions. He doesn't sort of have the the really big mental capacity, I think, that the great drivers do to manage races. And if Sebastian Vettel is going to leave the team at the end of the year, they will need a leader because Lance Stroll is not really it. He doesn't have the standing in Formula One to be a guy to lead a team with the prestige of a name like Aston Martin, even if they're at the back of the grid this season. So I, don't, I can't tell you when he'll be wrapping up because, as you say, his dad owns the team and it's kind of up to them, really. No one even talks about his contract because there may not even be one, for all we know. Uh, but that is a question they'll need to face in terms of who is the driver that really drives that team forward because they're going to need one, judging by how they're doing this year. Yeah, what well, do you think it is? Is He says, Dad, can I get paid? And he's like, mate, I'll put you up. You get free board, you get free food. Stop complaining. <laughs> do the lawns. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, I'm looking at the odds here for the race, and uh, with the TAB, Leclerc is paying $1.80 to win Verstappen, two seventy five. Then out to Perez at nines and signs at 21s. Lewis Hamilton, 26s, um, which you know seems pretty extreme. Uh, I thought maybe... Perez might be a bit tighter because it feels like those first, those top three on the grid are very much in a race together. But there's, you know, and I know it doesn't sound a lot, but there's over half a second between third and fourth and the rest, you know. So it feels like it's the top three and then the rest racing for fourth. Is that how you see it? 
I think that's fair in, in the sense of the top three. I'm even a little bit surprised, as you said, that Perez was so far out. But even Max Verstappen, to be totally honest with you, because the Red Bull car looked a little bit better in terms of race pace. Now, a lot has changed since Friday when race simulations are run. Uh, but in my opinion, I mean, it's pretty warm out here today, which is more similar to Friday. I think conditions might be a little bit more in Red Bull's favour. But it is hard to say because it is so close. And at a minimum... I mean, he's right there on the front row. He's very quick in a straight line, that Red Bull car, and that's normally how overtaking gets done around his circuit, is straight line speed. So I would call it pretty neck and neck between those two. But Sergio Perez has really come on in good form this season. He's much closer to Max Verstappen than in the last in the last year, their first year as teammates, and the car suits him a little bit better. So I can easily see this being a three-way fight for victory. Strategy may well factor into it, which certainly opens the door for Sergio Perez to play a role. So I think it will be a really close battle at the front, but it will be between those two teams and three drivers, potentially Carlos Sainz, if he has a really great start. Michael, thanks very much for giving us some time. I know you've got a busy day, so I really appreciate it. But keep up the good work with uh, In the Fast Lane and Boxing Neutrals and Strategy Report, your uh, your podcast, mate, and in, uh, let you go and enjoy the day's racing. Thank you, mate. I will. It's a great atmosphere here, and it's going to be a great race. I'm sure it will be. Michael Laminato there with us out of Melbourne, Formula One and Motorsport, writer, podcaster, and editor as well. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.